myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. Uh, good to see uh, everybody and uh, hope you've had a good weekend. Uh, welcome to Chris, Pete and Holly. It is the five-minute rant. It's your opportunity to get yourself on and uh, have a chat about Newcastle. You might want to rant or as uh, Dave often puts, uh, Pete often puts on his thing, you might want to have a rave. Um, but uh, after the result we've had at the weekend, probably be uh, a little bit of, uh, probably a little bit of, down uh, Newcastle fans over the weekend, I think. And especially as well seeing Ayuse Perez lift the FA Cup with Leicester. I think it's just a, a case of what might have been if Ashley showed a little bit of ambition at Newcastle United and put some money uh, into the club over the last 14 years. But uh, congratulations to Ayuse. Um, always give a, a good shift at Newcastle. I know a lot of fans, um, you know, some fans didn't particularly like him, but uh, I was pleased to see him win, pleased to see Leicester win. And uh, I suppose you've got a, a sleepless night down there. Uh, people them probably horns blasting and uh, people driving round over the moon about what was going on. What's uh, what was it like down in Leicester? No, oh, it was crazy. Uh, honestly, from the um, if you were even if you weren't watching the game, you would have known there was a, a Leicester goal because the screams from around the houses around my area <laughs> when 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 Tillman scored that goal and the screams at the final whistle uh, were just unbelievable. They they were and. Um, and I've seen the pictures on the new local news and stuff of people out partying and celebrating. Um, it's just unreal, uh, really, really un unreal, and, and well deserved to a well-run football club um, with fantastic players. And it, you know what? Uh, I said it to uh, one of my mates who's a, who's a senior ticket holder at Leicester today. I said to him, you know, it was it's the first time in a long time that I've actually really enjoyed watching the FA Cup final. It was just yeah. a really nice occasion. Um, I think it helped the fact that Leicester won and it was their first win. But everything around it, the atmosphere, the fans, the, the game, the, the, the twists and turns, it had everything. It was just such a really good game to watch. And, it, and if anything could rekindle the FA Cup and what it means to English football, that game is the perfect example of that. But... Um, a really, really good, um, really, really good atmosphere in Leicester. Lots and lots of hangovers this morning um, from a lot of people, um, and, and rightly so, and well deserved. Yeah, it was a good final, Chris, wasn't it? To be fair, I, I enjoyed watching it. It was a technical game the first half, but the pundits called it right, and Shira and that was saying that's the way it would be. Second half, it took the goal to liven things up, and then VAR struck towards the uh, the back end of the game to give us that little bit of suspense. And to be honest, um, yeah, it was right again VAR, but it just spoils the spontaneity because that would have probably gone to extra time, and then uh, you know who knows? Chelsea could have won it, or it might have gone to penalties. Yeah, do you know what? It it, it was the uh, the best and worst of VAR for me. I mean, like you know, when that when that goal went in, I, I was I was shouting, you know, because because of uh, how how important it was. Um, and obviously, I was a little bit gutted for uh, Leicester fans, um, but equally excited for Chelsea fans because obviously, you know, no one's been in the stadium this year, so it must have been fantastic being there as a fan. And then VAR just, you know, it was the correct decision. 
albeit it was very minor as 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 it's been for most of the season with the VAR calls. They're so tight. Um but yeah, the right decision was made in the end. Um and then obviously then, you know, I my my opinions changed. I was obviously very, very sorry for the Chelsea fans and obviously delighted for the Leicester fans. But yeah, I, I found myself it, it, it I totally agree with what Pete said, you know, it was uh, it was a bit of an emo- emotional roller coaster and I found myself I had like a bit of a lump in my throat at the end because I thought there's there's no Nobody for me deserved that more than that Leicester owner. I was just so delighted for him, and you know, after what happened to his father, you know, absolutely horrendous. Um, and you know, seeing him come on the pitch with Casper uh, Schmeichel, uh, and you know, all the players are so warm with him and everything. And I was just honestly, I even getting tingles talking about it now. It was just so nice to watch, and um, it was you know a really really great game of football, and it was it was nice to see fans back in the stadium as well. But Leicester fully deserved it, and I'm really pleased for them. Yeah, uh, Holly, did you watch the cup final? Yeah, I did. Um, I really enjoyed it. I wanted Leicester to win, definitely, and I think it was well-deserved from them. I was a bit good when uh, Chelsea equalised and then obviously VAR ended up ruling it out because I just think the Leicester fans deserved it. Um, and it was just, I'm not one for getting like emotionally involved with other teams' games. Like They never normally bother us what the score is, but that game, I was just like so, so happy for them because you could see how much it meant to the fans and a full-time the players and then the owner came onto the pitch and it was just lovely to see really and I think it um, reminded everyone of how much fans are important in these games and why we've missed having the fans in so much it was just great to see and I was so happy for all those Leicester fans that were there and like Chris said it means a lot for the owner obviously with the horrible year that he had with his dad and then winning the FA Cup it was just great and very jealous um, in terms of being a Newcastle fan because yeah. I would absolutely love to see us be like that in the future. It's what you dream of, really, just having a club that's that together and everyone's on the same page. It's brilliant. Yeah, Pete, I mean, it's it's the unity. I mean, I put a, a tweet out last night about that, just saying that you know I was extremely jealous, really, of, of the way that Leicester look as a football club, as an outsider looking in, that um, you know they've essentially got you know an owner who gets it and you know he's he's not a local lad he doesn't have any connections locally he's come in from the outside but he's come in he's grasped the football club he's invested the money in the right place he's you know he's he's got a, a blossoming you know academy he's got training ground facilities which are second to none and ultimately he's done you know he's done what an owner should do and um you know when when they won the premier league he didn't stand still he didn't do what Jack Walker probably did years ago at Blackburn and, you know, then failed to invest, didn't build on the success and and eventually, as we know, Blackburn ended up dropping out of the Premier League. But Leicester have taken that time. They've always been there or thereabouts. But, you know, they're five years on from winning the Premier League. They've now won, uh, you know, the FA Cup for the first time in their history. I mean, that's what you want as a football fan. Just a little bit of hope, the opportunity to compete and the outside chance of winning a trophy and Leicester have delivered two in the last five years. Definitely. Um, you know, look, they've been in charge now since 2010, so it's been a bit of a slow build, um, if I'm honest, in terms of where, where they were then to where they are now. However, you are exactly right in what you said. So when they won that league in 2016, um, it, it, it was well documented that it was it was like the miracle season. It was very, very unexpected. Nobody expected Leicester to do, to do it. They weren't expected to do it again. Uh, and I think the club, the club recognised that. But what they used that Premier League winning season was is an opportunity to rebuild. And that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, Brendan Rodgers has been a part of the, the, the rebuild. And it hasn't always been smooth sailing, uh, let's be honest. Um, under Claude Puel, 
they weren't very good as a team and they had some talented players in that team then. Um, but what they've done is they've invested at the right times. They invested in the in the right players with the likes of Ndidi, who could have quite easily come to Newcastle because we were heavily linked with him at the time, and he ended up going to Leicester. So they've been invested in the right players, and then what they've done after that is built the team slowly but surely over time with the likes of Madison, with the likes of Perez. Um, before that with Iniacho, there's, there's lots of players that they've built and they're back to sell players. Let, let's be honest. Kante, Drinkwater, Mares, Maguire, lots of players already left the club. Chilwell for 50 million, not so long ago. Lost a lot of talented players, players that won them the Premier League and they've rebuilt and rebuilt and the players that they've brought in, Ricardos, the Justins, you can go through the defence to attack. They've reinvested properly with talented young players. Uh, and that's exactly what you want in a club. And you know what? They absolutely love the fans, the community, the city. And and what has been repaid in that is that the fans and the club love them as owners because they yeah. realise what they've done for, the, for their club. They've yeah. took their club from the championship all the way up to winning the Premier League and now the FA Cup and they're just building and building and building. It's just it's just so good to watch. You know, I read a lot and see a lot locally. It's fantastic to see. I mean, their training facility is, is probably one of the best in Europe. Uh, there was another picture of it today. It is outstanding. It is so, so good. Better than anybody else's in the Premier League, in my opinion. And that's just, again, like what Holly said, you just kind of, you wish... You wish that you had that for your own club, and I wish, I hope, and pray that we get that in the coming years. I really do. Yeah, it was nice to see me dad uh, make a comment, Chris. Uh, you know, again, you know, just a positive one about the Leicester success, and gives you hope that you know, should the takeover go through, that we might see something similar, like Pete's just suggested. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's it's you know it it kind of gives us a, a light, as you've said there, Steve, that you know it gives us hope. And it gives us um, kind of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like a blueprint for how yeah. we, we'd like it. We'd like it like that. And, you know, certainly, you know, the, the noises that we've heard um, from me or dad. And, you know, I, I think as well, you know, Jamie Rubin, he's been a bit more quieter, but <clears throat> he does look like someone who's going to engage with the fan base. Obviously, he's been, uh, it's been well documented that him and, uh, you know, the Rubin brothers themselves have been making donations to the food bank. Now, they did that privately. They didn't want that broadcast, but they're really invested in the area. And, you know, that that is lo looking at Leicester and looking at what they've built and what they've become. I mean, that that's just what we want to be, isn't it? All we've said is we just want to compete. We want to be a team that tries. And wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great, you know, if, if we, you know, got to a cup final and there was that feel good factor and we had owners who were invested in the club, invested in the city and they wanted the best. And that that that's all that's all we've been after. You know, it's taken, as Pete said, it's taken Leicester 11 years. But you know what? You can tell all the fans absolutely love the owner um you know they believe in the owner they believe in the manager they've brought in they've just done everything correctly and you know it, it goes back to you know when we were i'd say maybe the late 90s and i i might be wrong saying this but I'm, I'm pretty sure that you know it was well documented we were everybody's second club and that's how leicester feel now to me i think a lot of people want to see leicester do well because you know it's a bit of a david and goliath story they've come from nothing but they've they've invested cleverly they've put you know shown passion and commitment and they've just wanted to progress as a club 
And you know, now it's just it's just envious, isn't it? And, you know, I look at Leicester and I just think, wow, you know, they they've made some really good signings. I I think this season I'm pretty sure they've only brought in Castagna, but it, it it's a really clever sign. They've 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 tweaked, and that was the frustration from ourselves when we finished fifth under Pardew, because that was a that was a chance for us to push on. And if we had a different owner, I think we would have done. It was about keeping the spine of that team and adding to it. And unfortunately, uh, I, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but unfortunately, I think we saw Kabai and then things just went downhill from there. And we never replaced him properly. And you can see how, how rapidly we declined. But there, they've, they've lost a couple of big players, but they've brought in big money and then they've reinvested the money. And that's the key. It's not about uh, treating the club as a cash cow. It's about making clever decisions and then thinking, right, where can we improve? Where can we improve the squad? You know, if we were to lose, I don't know, say we were, we were to lose a St. Maximum this year, um, say the takeover didn't happen and we had different owners. If we were to lose a St. Maximum for, say, 50, 60 million, if we were to invest that across the squad, I think a lot of fans would take that. But right now, if we were to lose St. Maximum for 50, 60 million, all that would happen is we'd replace them with someone for 10 million and then you'd never see that 50 million. And that's the issue. There's no reinvestment in the club. There's no reinvestment in the side. And that's why we want Mike Ashley out. And that's why we're all in uproar all the time. Yeah, good point, uh, Chris. Uh, good to have you back as well after your, uh, your uh, break. Uh, you feeling a bit better? Yeah, yeah, I'm still not 100%, but I'm much, be much better than what I was. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, and it's, it's really good to be back. And it's nice to uh, be chatting with yourself, Pete and Holly. And I'm good looking stuff. forward to being on Loaded, Loaded Mag later as well. Good stuff. John, ask you, uh, update on Pete's team. It's uh, the end of the season, mate. So uh, he's, uh, <laughs> we're just discussing it before we came on air, weren't we? And you said your bloody back's done in. This is the problem when you end up having a going goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, there's a reason why I retired from playing outfield uh, a year or two ago. And now um, I definitely won't be helping out in goal anymore. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, we'll bring our first uh, caller on tonight. It's uh, a familiar face, David Reed. Good evening, David. Hiya. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you. And uh, congratulations on being a, a mystic mag and getting it right that Newcastle would stay up. And you put our fears, uh, you tried to allay our fears earlier on in this season, and you were right, mate. So well done. Yeah, I'd just like to apologise for my positivity. I don't, well, like to say, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to say I'm I'm right, but I was right, but as I get told every day, it's always my fault. So I apologise for that. Yeah, it's good to be humble in these kind of situations, David. But you were right, and uh, I'm pleased you were right. I just, you know, you should have had a few quid on it, mate. Uh, Chris McCarthy says, "Here he is. Wait for the notepad." Good job, God almighty, he's got a hold. It's a scroll of notes. All right, what do you want to say tonight then, David? Apart from I told you so. <laughs> right, three points. Uh, Bruce, I don't like this loving with Bruce. I think it was more down to the players because as soon as they didn't sack him after the Brighton game, personally, I felt he should have gone after the Brentford game. But as soon as... Ashley said that he was going to stay here after the Brighton game. The players turned it, and it's them to thank, not Bruce. And last two quickly, very quickly, I think Lascelles is the more, and I think Lascelles and Shelby, I think both of them, like so many of my ex-girlfriends, they've served their purpose, and it's time to get rid of them and move on. <laughs> 
These are uh, these, you've upset Pete. Um, yeah, Pete. <laughs> 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 well, to be honest, um, your views on your ex girlfriends are yours and sure, and definitely not uh, those of any UFC matters. Uh, Holly will come straight you to you. You, you. you don't know them. <laughs> Holly will come straight to you. Uh, what do you make of uh, Davy's points? Not about his uh, relationship issues, but about Newcastle United issues. Um, in terms of Steve Bruce, I don't agree. I collectively would give praise to everyone, including Bruce, um, the coaches and the players. Of course, the players deserve credit, but so does Steve Bruce. Um, I don't think Steve Bruce helps himself as he was getting the fans on side a little bit more than he has um, across the whole season. And then he gave that TalkSport interview and kind of made everyone go back to being a bit sour. It was totally bizarre from Bruce and he doesn't help himself. But... I do still credit them for um, the turnaround in form. In terms of the mole, I don't think it's Lascelles, to be honest, but that's an interesting um, viewpoint. I'm not a Lascelles fan. Uh, everyone pretty much knows that, that watch these shows. I've said it across the whole season, but I don't. I can't see it being um, Lascelles whatsoever. I think it's more likely to be one of the long staffs or someone that hasn't been getting a game, but Lascelles has been played throughout the season, so I don't see why he'd have any reason to kind of go against Bruce and leak stories to the media. <laughs> Okay, Chris, what's your take? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go in between David and Holly on this one. So for Bruce, I, I think you've got to give him some credit to a degree because I think he he um, took his medicine, so to speak, because he was making mistakes. He should have gone in the Brentford game. He really, you could argue, he should have gone in the Sheffield United game. Um, you know, when we when we got absolutely done over by Sheffield United, and that we were all expecting to win that game, and we didn't, and it it was more the performance more than anything for me that was the the most shocking thing about it. Um, so I I would give Bruce some credit, um, because like I say, he uh right his he righted his wrongs so to speak, but. I do take David's point in that you know it's certainly not a loving, but certainly not for my for my uh, side of things anyway. Um, the talk sport interview ruined it a little bit because he, he came across as a little bit smug, kind of like I told you so. And you think, well, no, you you've blatantly got a little bit lucky there. Okay, you changed the personnel up, and that needed to be done. He had that fallout with Richie. He put that to one side, put Richie in the team as well as Sean Longstaff and. Um, and Jacob Murphy, which needed to happen. So that's where I think, you know, I, I've got to give him a bit of praise, albeit I don't think he had much choice. Um, but, you know, he, he swallowed his pride and he did what he had to do. And ultimately, he's um, he's kept Mike Ashley's, Mike Ashley's um, you know, target of keeping us in the Premier League. And that's the main thing. And that's all we wanted. We, we just needed to keep our Premier League status. And now we're just all looking forward to the takeover, aren't we? In terms of what you've said about Lascelles and Shelby, uh, David, a million percent, I agree. They would, they would be the two people um, on my list for who, who would go, uh, takeover or not. Uh, I've never been a big fan of John Joe of John Shelby. Uh, sorry, I've never been a big fan of Jamal Lascelles. I think that Jamal Lascelles, under Rafa, I think he had real good leadership. And I think that he had good guidance from Rafa. But I think since Rafa's gone, he's kind of been exposed uh, for the centre-back that he is. I don't think he's a very good centre-back. I don't even think he's a particularly good leader. Um, credit where credit's due. He scored a, a couple of really good, important goals for us. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to take that away from him. I just don't think that he's at the required level. I much prefer the other centre-backs that we've got. And I think that the results that we've had recently, when I found out that Lascelles was injured, I was kind of uh, happy. I, I hate to say that. I don't wish injury on anybody. But the fact that I knew he wasn't going to be in the team, I thought that was going to be a good thing for us. And, you know, obviously we've picked up those results, which I think is great. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of uh, Lascelles and Shelby, 
Shelby Shelby's reached the end now. Shelby Shelby is a championship player. He's probably a little bit in the day, in the uh, Gale ilk, where he's not quite good enough for the Premier League, but he's he's probably too good for the championship. The tr- the trouble is, and I've said this before about Shelby, he probably needs to be in a team where they dominate possession and there's not much pressure on him in the, as a central midfielder. The sad thing is, I think he'd probably do a job for one of the top six clubs. Um, I'd, I'd, I firmly believe that. If there's not much pressure on him and he doesn't have to do all the dirty work, he probably would be allowed you know, that um, that freedom to be able to ping balls. And you wouldn't need him to chase other people around, but he can't be in a team where the, you need 110% effort and you need him to do the dirty work because he quite simply won't do it. Uh, and unfortunately, the good days where he does you know, ping all these Hollywood balls and you know, really run the midfield are very few and far between and that's why he won't ever get a top six a top 10 club coming for him it just won't happen like he was linked with uh, West Ham and uh, the, you know the deal never came off and he ended up staying at Newcastle and unfortunately for us that's probably an opportunity we've missed because I'll tell you now West Ham won't go anywhere near John Joe Shelby for me he will probably end up uh, at a newly promoted side or possibly a, a team challenging at the top end of the championship next season if we manage to get rid of them. But shifting that 70, 80 grand a week wages will be difficult. So it'll be interesting to see whether he goes abroad. But yeah, for me, Lascelles and Shelby need to be first out the door. So I completely agree with that, David. Good points. Well, I was just going to go to Pete, but he's uh, having internet issues, which uh, is a pity. But um, yeah, look, Steve Bruce, for me, you've heard us say it time and time again over the last couple of weeks, he deserves the credit for allowing um, whatever's happened um, you know, at the club to take place because there's clearly uh, an issue with Lascelles, well, not Lascelles, um, the Longstaffs and Richie, um, to a lesser extent, Dummett. But, you know, those players all came back in. Got, got games under the belt and, and kept us up, uh, essentially. So I agree a little bit with you in the sense that it was the players who had to put the effort in and put the, you know, put put the the practice into, um, you know, into the pit onto the pitch. But for me, um, he's got you've got to give him a little bit of praise, David. Just just a little bit. I know it, I know it sticks in the back of the throat because let's face it, it was him who got us into the mess. Um, but we knew what we were getting when we got Steve Bruce in. You know, he's he's he, you know he's he's probably one of the Premier League's worst. Uh, managers in the history of the Premier League, and you know, you, you, you know, you get what it says on the tin, um, unfortunately. But remember, nobody else wanted the job, so you know, and that was really down to the fact that Rafa had left under a cloud. Anybody asking why Rafa had left would have been told the truth, and that's not really going to, you know, attract people to the club. At least if Steve Bruce, you know, you know, stays uh, whilst the takeover gets put through over the next couple of months then you know we know that he's capable with Graham Jones and his coaching staff of at least keeping Newcastle in the in the top flight but it's um yeah I get you I get your point mate I do get your point anything anything to say David no thanks for having us on no good stuff mate and uh, you've been you've been great having us uh, you know having given us your time and coming on to the five minute round much appreciated mate and um you know we'll be doing shows throughout the summer mate so uh, enjoy your summer and look forward to seeing you next season mate take care Thank you. Good to have David on. Uh, we'll try and get Pete back. Uh, we've got Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Hello, guys. How are you doing? Are you all right? Very good, mate. Good I to see you. Good to see you. What Thank do you want to say tonight, all. Jimmy? What do you want to say tonight, mate? Uh, first of all, it's uh, I can understand why David's girlfriends are pissed off. 
<laughs> Don't say that. Um, Hoffman and Masters. I want to see them under a bit more pressure from the media, you know. Yeah. Because uh, from what I can see, it's it's quite clear that the, I mean, they're like the Corleone family, aren't they? You know, yes. you're there'll be a lot of horses, heeds and people's cots and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it's all just a bit mafia-ish, like. Uh, so I'd like to see them under a bit more pressure, guys. I don't know what your thoughts are, where you thought, I know what your thoughts will be. Because it's quite clear to me what's been going on, especially what's been coming out from Keith and yourselves, like the Amigos and all the guys that are on the channel. Uh, it's it's not looking good for them. And he mm -hmm. didn't look very comfortable, did he? You know, when he, I don't know if you saw the interview with Masters, he didn't look our, uh, comfortable at all. Like, So I'd like to see somebody like Jeremy Paxman interview him, you know what I mean? And really press him and like really put him under the cosh. Because if that's what he's like with a normal interviewer, some of these uh, guys in court will just, they'll just uh, smash him to bits, I think. So I'd just like to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, David Reed has replied and said they are ex-girlfriends, Jimmy. <laughs> I've got to give him a right to reply. Um, look, my my opinion on this is is simple. You're 100 percent right. We, we do need to put pressure on these guys, um, and and pressure will be applied by the by the legal bodies. I think that um, you know it's great to see Mike Ashley take up. Uh, not not one but two, you know, legal options, and you know, obviously one coming through the club, one coming through him, and, and obviously picking up where you know Keith has is, is, is started, and um, you know, listening to Keith explain things on Friday night, and of course he'd be back on again at the end of this week um, with a few more gems, is you know, is is good to hear, and I think it's just a lot of us have a lot of us have been in a bit of a a days for the last 12 months because all we know is that we want the club bought by, you know, by the, the, the people who want to buy it and, and that's it. Most of us are very simple-minded like that in the sense that we just want to see the football club out of Ashley's ownership into these into these people's ownership and we can all push on with, you know, hopefully building a bastion of invincibility at St. James's Park uh, to nick a couple of words off Bill Shanklin. But the... The whole problem we've had is that just not understanding what is going on. And that's really because of NDAs, etc. And I think that the pressure will be applied to Hoffman um, in particular, as well as Masters. And I think, you know, that will progress over the next, you know, over the next few weeks. And we'll, I think we will see a, a change. But, you know, how long is a piece of string? We were predicting this time last year that we felt the takeover was, was close, was imminent. Um, you know, and how wrong were we? You know, I, I don't know. I, I just never expected to go on for another twelve months. The only, the only godsend is that it's, it's actually, you know, it's still possible. Um, and and that in itself is great. And you know, little things will keep pointing to them, like you know, lack of a statement from PIF. Um, you know, me and Dad constantly tweeting about Newcastle or tweeting Newcastle fans. Um, you know, Demarco's bread pictures. I think all of them are massively positive things, and um, it's the best. It's the best we can hope for. Really, it really is. Um, Chris, what's your what's your views on on what uh, Jimmy's had to say tonight? Yeah, Jimmy makes a really good point. I mean, uh, I and I agree with you as well, Jimmy. You know, th things are quiet, and unfortunately, like Steve said, it, it, it's it's all to do with the NDAs, or certainly that's that's my opinion anyway. Um, and the sad thing is, 
I think the media are really sitting sitting on the fence. I, I, I think if everything comes out and the takeover goes through, I think they will face more scrutiny and people will criticise them more. But at the moment, they're just choosing to kind of just sit on the fence, not say anything, and just kind of see what happens. Um, we're all sitting here hopeful that something will happen. Um, you know, and we're, we're all praying that this is the calm before the storm. And it certainly feels that way. I mean, I know there was a, there was a quote, wasn't there, uh, recently from Amanda Stabley, where she was where she basically said that she couldn't couldn't discuss Newcastle United. And some people took that as a negative. But for me, that that was a big positive because yeah, I just thought, yeah, yeah I, I just thought, you know, I, and I've, I've said this and I, I know I keep repeating myself, but. I said this at the very start, you know, I, I fully believe that uh, Amanda Stavely, Mirdad, uh, the Rubens, PIF, I think they'd all come out. If this wasn't going to happen or if this uh, looked like it was, you know, derailed, I fully believe they'd come out and they'd say, you know, we tried, we did our best. Thank you to all the fans. Thank you to Keith. I think all that has happened and the fact that it hasn't happened and as they say, silence is golden. That's, that's yeah. certainly where I am with it. And I, I just feel like we've just got to wait that little bit longer. I think it could be a long summer. Um, but I, I just hope things come to you know a resolution sooner rather than later because we have all waited so long. We can we can continue to wait, and you know good things do come to those who wait, as Nick DeMarco said with his uh, cans of Guinness. So I, I'm I'm certainly hopeful that something something will happen, um, and that you know Masters and Hoffman uh, outers for what they've done. And to touch very briefly on you know the uh, Masters interview, he, he looked so uncomfortable, didn't he? He looked sick. He looked he, he, the the panic on his face. He just didn't want to talk about it, did he? Uh, he just looked sick. So again, I, as soon as I saw that, I thought it was great because if he was if, to me, if he was confident, and I know Ben Jacobs has said, you know, that from the Premier League side, uh, they all feel very confident about what's coming up. I I I feel confidence as a Newcastle fan, certainly on you know from what Keith said on the Free Amigos and what Mitch and what Steve and uh, the other Steve have all said. To me, I just feel confidence, and I'm just happy to just sit and wait and just see what happens. But I'm just waiting for that statement, either from the buying side or from the Premier League, to say exactly what's happened. But either way, I think I think we'll find out in the in the coming weeks. Um, I just hope it's before the start of the new season because I really don't want another season of uncertainty. For me, the worst thing that could happen if is if we had to wait until, say, January and it was a rush and we had to panic by and we had to get a new manager in because you don't know what's going to happen between the start of the season and January. A lot can happen. And if we make a terrible start of the season, I worry about us staying up then. Yeah. Holly, what do you make of what Jimmy's had to say? I agree with them totally. Um, I think the fact that the fans have been clueless to what's going on pretty much throughout the whole process has been shocking. I know that there's not much you could do about it because there is agreements to kind of keep things private and behind closed doors, but I just feel like it's shocking because I think it's as much of the fans' business as anyone else's that's involved in that case. Um, yeah, it is. And the fans are the most important people to be fair so but what can you do um and i just hope that we get a result one way or the other sooner rather than later because i know no one wants this to fail but i'd rather just know now because yeah. i'm getting really sick and i know a lot of people are and the more it goes on you just panic more and more and going into the new season if we're still in this mess i just think it's going to impact Newcastle negatively because while we've got this air of uncertainty hanging over us, we can't invest properly. We can't get managers, players and everything's just a mess. It's an up in arms and no one knows what's meant to be happening. So 
I don't think it's healthy for Newcastle. Um, I hope we don't have another summer like last one where we're constantly checking social media all the time. And I hope, like Chris, it goes through before the season, but I genuinely can't see it happening personally. I think we will get a result. I'm hoping it's in our favour, but it just the length of it going on now is very, very worrying for me. And um, each day goes by and I think I lose a bit of confidence. I know that everyone else is pretty much confident for going through. And I'd like to say that, but... It's more hope now, I think, for me. Um, and I, it's just awful. It's a really awful situation. And I just feel like while this is hanging over us, Newcastle can't really move forward, so we need it to be sorted. Yeah, yeah. we've got, uh, a couple of people, got a couple of people lined up. Uh, we'll just go to you, Pete, quickly. Um, I, I know you probably missed uh, Jimmy's question, but he was just saying, you know, do you think Hoffman and Masters will be held accountable? He, he feels that there should be. He feels like a Jeremy Paxman interview would be something that would be beneficial because, you know, he just feels the need to be held to account. They do, 100%. Um, they, they are the reason why we're having to wait over a year for this decision to be made. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And actually, as we get closer and closer within this arbitration, and the more information that's coming out, it, it points even more to both Hoffman and Masters, even more so now than it did this time last year. So, um, you know, it, it, they have to be held to account. And I mentioned it on Match Day Live that I, I honestly believe that when this takeover goes through, it won't be long before both of them are out of a job um, because of, of what they've created. Now, this does need to be resolved. It needs to be resolved, not just for our sanity and for our sake. I think it also needs to be resolved from the Premier League's point of view. The Premier League don't should not want this being dragged out into a new season. Um, the one thing they will want is for the the Super League and our situation with our takeover to be resolved so they can literally draw a line under it all and move on into a new season. Uh, that, should, that should be the wants from either side. Um, whether that happens or not, I have no idea. If this takeover is going to go through in, in which we can start to rebuild this summer going into next season, for me, it has to be done around the July mark. Anything else after that, um, we're, we're not going to be able to impact um, on the club uh, in terms of buying players and really trying to start the rebuilding process until uh, sort of January, certainly from the playing side. Um and that's never ideal for, for the points that Chris made. If we have a, a difficult start to the season, you know, you, you you can never always buy what you want to in January. So it'll be a case of panic buying. And it's just not the same. If you've got a full summer to really rebuild, know who you want to keep, give the opportunity for a, the new manager, hopefully Rafford, to come in and, uh, and, and have some time with the players to get them ready for the new season. You'd want it done by July, which is the start of pre-season. That's where you would want it to be done. So um, I still hold a little bit of hope that it can be get done. It could get done. Uh, I've, I've read on the internet that the arbitration can be done within a week. Um, it's just a case of when it actually starts. So the actual process of arbitration won't take too long. It's just a case of when it gets going. And then you, we've got to remember that the turnover of, of the transfers and, and the signing on the dotted line of the change of owner of ownership is going to take the best part of a couple of weeks as well. So we have to bear that in mind too. So there's all that that has to go on and play on in the background. Um, I just hope that we get it resolved this summer because our club needs it for our own, for our own sanity and for the history yeah. of the club. We need it now. Yeah, I agree. Fun. Jimmy, great stuff, mate. Got everybody's answer there, I hope. And uh, thanks for contributing yeah, tonight, mate. Uh, thanks very much for having us on, guys. Top show, man. Take care, mate. Oh, man. Man, Take, man, care. Take, Take care. Cheers, Jimmy.
Good to see Jimmy again. Um, Mockler, we'll come to you now, mate. How are you? All right, lads. I'm well, yourselves? Very good. Very oh, yeah. good, mate. What have, you, uh, what, what have you brought us tonight? What, what do you want to discuss? I want to say a massive well done to Leicester City. Absolutely fantastic. I think I celebrate their goal, like Newcastle United goal, to be perfectly honest. It was absolutely brilliant. Can you imagine, Mike, actually going to the field if they won a trophy like they did yesterday with the, with the owners? It, yep. Leicester City is how a club should be run, top to bottom. Fans love the owners. Owners care about the club. And you can see that massively yesterday. Like the, the interview with Shemichael, he was nearly in tears watching that, talk about the owners, the club. It was just a breath of fresh air to watch it. And also against the Super 6. Just great to watch. Um, secondly, well done, Steve Bruce. Got the award, done what you needed to do, but now it's time to go. I want to see the next three games. I want to see the Longstaff brothers playing. I want to see Willick playing. I want Shelby dropped now just because three games a season, there's nothing to play for. Can we just try something different? It's If we finish fourth bottom of the league now, it makes no difference. We're escape relegation, which I just want to see what the Longstaff brothers with Willie can do. Two runners with Shelby get the ball passed on. Because if it wasn't for Maxi, we would be relegated right now. I do feel that. I feel that with Maxi, it is, he's our kingpin player. And if we don't get took over in the summer, he will be gone. Roma have reported 40 million. Don't know how true that is. But he could play in any team in the Premier League, Maxi. Like, he could fit in that Man City team and will look out of place because he's a, he's a born winner. And I just hope now, what listen to Keith with the takeover and things like that, that is something coming. Something will happen this week with the anti-law because the 28 days is up. I think it's Friday. It's up, so the Premier League's got to respond some way. And I'm just, I can't have another summer waiting for this takeover because it's mental health now. Since March last year, I signed Twitter for the first time, just reading news. I mean, the anti-corruption law now, I know Saudi that back my hand. I just want Newcastle United to go over. I just want to watch my team do well. And Mickey Gray on Friday said, what do Newcastle fans want? I don't want my team to be in League One. <laughs> I just want my team to compete and do well like Leicester City. I don't ask them much, to be perfectly honest. Great point, Mogla. Uh, Chris, what's your take on uh, what he's had to say tonight? Yeah, absolutely spot on, Mokla. Absolutely spot on, mate. Like touching briefly on what you said about Leicester. Ab- absolutely, we we were talking about that earlier on in the show, and you know that it, it, the key word is envy because it was ju- it was just everything that you want uh, from your football club. You know, the fans are all united, the owner, everything about the club. It just makes you smile, and it just gives you that good feeling. And you know, I, I was so pleased that they won yesterday. Not taking anything away from Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea will have their eyes on that Champions League, and rightly so. But I just, I was just so made up for them. And you know, when it, when I saw, um, you know, the owner with the trophy, and they're all looking up to the sky, pointing. It was just, it was just incredible. It was just, it was one of the nicest moments from the whole season for me. And you know, even Definitely. that from a Newcastle fan, I just thought it was lovely. It was just so good, and it real, real feel good factor. So that was great. And um, I think you, you points on Bruce are absolutely spot on. I think, you know, I think the attitude that you've had is absolutely right. You've got it. You've got to give him some credit. You've got to. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what? He, he fully deserved the manager of the month for the results that he pulled out, whether or not it was him that maybe had that much involvement. But the key thing for me was he allowed that to happen. Now, he could have been stubborn. He could have kept with the same team. He could have said, no, I'm doing it my way, you know, as, as, as that, uh, you know, that famous quote that he did. And to be fair to him, he buckled a bit and he went back to what, um, you know, we were all crying out for probably what Graham Jones was crying out for, and he made the changes that were needed. 
Um, has he learnt from them? I hope he has. Uh, whether that be with us next season or another club, I hope that he's he, he's realised that you know perhaps his backroom staff aren't the best, and that perhaps he does need help and he needs to change his ways. But I don't I don't want to see Steve Bruce in the hot seat next season. I've resigned myself to the fact that I believe he will start the season unless something you know groundbreaking happens between now and the start of next season. So I'm kind of resigned to it. But I'm hoping that this season makes him a better manager. But I just wish. That he hadn't come out, you know, on Talksport and gave that interview, you know, that like uh, he had it all under control, and you know, he was he was kind of you know giving giving it back to us fans because let's be honest, you still look at his record and it's appalling, it's absolutely appalling, and the stats don't lie, and the reason that we are not in the bottom three is because Fulham basically imploded, um, West Brom didn't have enough, and Sheffield United just weren't good enough. So that that is the reason that we're staying up, and uh, as you rightly say, probably St. Maximin. That they, they are the reasons that we are staying up. I'm absolutely delighted by it, and Bruce has done what he's needed to do. But I'd you know I'd certainly stop it at a certain point to the praise for Bruce. And um, in terms of the last few games of the season. We've got two very winnable games. So we've got Sheffield United at home and then we have Fulham away. For me, I'd be going for six points. But on the other hand, um, you know, with the, even with the Man City game the other night, a little bit disappointing that we didn't get anything from it. But wasn't it a nice change to see us go at them? We had to go at them and we tried. Brilliant. Yeah, it was. And do you know what? We lost 4-3. But we had a, a right good go, and Joe Will- Joe Willock's just coming on every game, isn't he? He just he just looks. And now at the you know before his goal streak, people were saying about signing him. I was kind of a little bit on the fence, and now I I, I hope we do sign him because he clearly wants to be here. He's trying for the shirt, and when you play him in his right position, shock horror, he actually does a decent job. Um, but in terms of what I'd like to see, I'd like to see Matty Longstaff get a run out like yourself. I'd like to see Sean Longstaff in there as well and drop Shelby. Probably won't happen, but that's just what I'd like to see. I'd like to see Elliot Anderson get a few minutes. I'd like to see Andy Cavill get the swan song. You know, I'm saying he deserves. I'd like to see him get it. Um, you know, he's he's. I still I still I still find it a bit odd, and obviously I've been off for the last couple of weeks, Smochler, but I still find it odds that you know people people say that Shelby's like it's uh, Shelby, sorry, that Cavill's finished. Now, don't get me wrong, he's not the player he was, but even the cameos that he made, like, you know, the, the cameo performances he came on and he changed the game. I'm not saying he should be starting every week for 90 minutes, but he's still got something to give and he wants to be in that shirt and he wants to play for Newcastle United. And for me, I would much rather have an Andy Cavill coming on for the last 20 minutes than Dwight Gale, who quite blatantly doesn't want to be here and is picking up his pay packet. So for me, I would rather see an Andy Cavill in the team. If we get the takeover tomorrow, do I want Andy Cavill in the team next season? No. But if we don't get this takeover and we've got to upgrade certain positions, I'm assuming Muto's going to go. I'm assuming Gale's going to go if we sell him on. I'd keep I'd keep Cavill. I would. I'd give him a keep him on pay as you play, and I'd keep him in and around the squad. As long as as long as he's not on 100 grand a week, which we all know he's not. For me, I don't really see the problem. But I'd like to see these next two games as being a little bit experimental. I'd like to see us maybe go with something that maybe we've not tried in the past. They are free shots. They are games we should be winning. And I want us to finish as high as possible. We can finish with a maximum of 45 points in the ideal world. That's what we want to do. But I'd also like to see him try, you know, tweak a few things, try a few new different systems. And also I'd like to say, um, well done to Emil Kraft for getting his goal as well. He's coming for a lot of stick, equally from me. Um, but he got his goal and he looked okay. 
Um, again, do I want him next season? Probably not, but well done to him for getting his goal. Yeah. I think yeah. with Crawford, yeah, yeah. do you not think he... Sorry. Do you think with, think with Crawford, he's a better centre-back than he is a right-back? Probably. There's probably not much in it, though. Um, I don't particularly like him in either position, but yeah, I, t- I take your point. Uh, he's definitely not a right-wing-back with a five at the back. I definitely don't want to see him anywhere near that. He probably is more of a right-back. He's a bit of a steady Eddie, isn't he? But I think we've already got a steady Eddie in Mankio, and I'd rather Mankio. Um, we definitely need to upgrade the, like that position for me next season. Holly, what's your take on Mockler's point? Yeah, he made some great points. Um, starting with the, Le- the Leicester point, I think that... Um, during the takeover, like obviously if we got Saudi ownership, then we got compared a lot to Man City and that's like what we'd be like. That's not necessarily how I'd want Newcastle to be. I think I'd rather us be a Leicester because building slow and steady and not just buying success and also not having loads of glory supporters that would jump on the bandwagon. I'd like to keep the core of the fan base the same because I just think that would be awful, honestly. Um, also, Steve Bruce, yes, I agree. Um, definitely deserve man of the... Man of the match. I keep saying man of the match, but it's manager of the month. <laughs> um, and yeah, he deserves a bit of credit. I do want to see him go at the end of the season, regardless. I think it would be a good time for him to leave because he could leave with a little bit of respect because he has kept Newcastle up after it looked like it was going to be a different end to the season. Um, and that's great. And then we can wish him well and he can move on. But to be honest, though, if the takeover doesn't go through, I don't think we're going to get a decent manager to come in, especially with the air of uncertainty. So I think we'd have to stick with Bruce. And I wouldn't want it to happen, but I wouldn't be totally annoyed by it. Like, I would accept it because I think, right, OK, well, we're not probably going to get anyone better. And at least Bruce knows the players and stuff. Um, there is the concern, obviously, of financial backing, because I'm not sure Ashley would shell out the money like he did last summer to reinvest in the squad. Um, and St. Maximin, who you mentioned, I think he would be the first to go. If he went for 40 million, I think that's a steal, to be honest. I think 40 million is very, very cheap for St. Maximin. And he is part of the reason why we've stayed up this season, because he adds something different to that team that we don't already have. He's not the main player. I think Callum Wilson's probably been the most important player for us this season. But St. Maximin, of course, has been brilliant. Um, and finally, on the whole takeover point, just... Yeah, I think that we need the result in the summer because if we don't have the result in the summer, like I've mentioned, we're probably not going to get that back in and we probably are going to end up in absolute limbo in the season. And like Chris mentioned for the previous caller, like if we have a bad start of the season, we'll go into the January window and we have very little points or we're in the bottom three. It's just going to be a disaster, really. And then there's that whole threat of going down again, which you just don't want to happen. Okay, Pete, your views? No, oh, you're on mute, mate. You're on mute. Sorry. Um, the last group was going by, so, so my bad. Mockler, uh, um, firstly, uh, fantastic points. Uh, really, really good points. Really enjoyed listening to you. So, top man for that. Um, first and foremost, you're absolutely right. Uh, Steve Bruce, you know, fair enough, he's one manager of the month. Um, he deserved it to, to an extent. If you, particularly if you look at the fixtures in which he got his results from, were very, very tough fixtures. So fair play to him. But you know what? It's the perfect time for him to walk away uh, with a little bit of dignity and a little bit of credit right now. You know, he's kept us up. We're playing some decent football. He's going into the last two games where we could quite easily win both of them and win them both comfortably. Um, it's the perfect time for him to walk away and keep his reputation intact. 
and, and to keep his media friends happy and he can go off and find another job elsewhere. I personally don't think he wants to stay in the job, if I'm honest. And I think his, 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 um, his press conferences recently, uh, particularly his last one before Man City alluded to that, that um, there are talks that need to be had. But personally, I don't think he wants to stay at the club. And I think they're going to try and talk talk away out of his contract so we can walk away in the summer. Um, and if we don't get a takeover, for me, Eddie Howe is the man. I think that's the reason why he's holding on and not accepted the Celtic job as yet, because I think he looks at Newcastle as a potential for him. However, with a takeover, you know, Rafa Benitez is the only one that's coming back to the club. Um, it's as simple as that. But I don't, I don't see Steve Bruce guaranteed being in the hot seat at the beginning of the next season. Um, I don't think he wants to come back to 52,000 fans um, getting on his back. And even if we don't do it straight the way next season, I think all it would take is one defeat and we'll be right back where we were um, this yeah. season, right on his case, right on his back. So that's my point on him. Uh, very quickly on John Joe Shelby. I don't think he's played bad recently. I think his running stats uh, were up uh, that I saw today that were one of the best in, in the team alongside uh, Willock. Um, and actually, if you look at his running stats in previous games, they've been up there. So it's not that he's not running hard for the team. I think it's his positional play and his lack of defensive nous that lets him down as a midfielder. And it's key. Uh, whereas other guys like Hayden's, like your long staffs, like your Willocks, do know where to be in defensive positions and, and can be uh, better defenders. Um, uh, for me, you know, this is potentially his last two games for Newcastle. Because if we do get the takeover, he's not playing for us again. Uh, certainly not playing for us under Rafa Benitez. And that's just the way I'm looking at it. Yes, he's in the team right now. Do we want him in the team? Not necessarily. But for me, um, the clock is ticking down on him being a regular in this team or actually even being at the club. So I'm not overly bothered by the fact that he's playing at the moment. I'm just kind of riding the wave and see what happens after that. Um, there were so many other good points and uh, uh, some of them have completely gone out of my head, uh, I have to be honest. Um, like, you, like we've already said with the takeover, we just need to wait and see uh, what's happening with that. We need it as a fan base. We need that takeover to go through. Um, you know, if this club is going to be what a Leicester City is. Um, the one thing I, you know, that really hit home to me yesterday is watching those Leicester City celebrations. And, and I didn't mention it earlier, is the is the owner. When he lifted the trophy up, he lifted it up to where the picture of his dad was in the corner of, the, of Wembley. And it was just that moment there just got me straight away because that's what it means. I look at uh, Jose Perez, for example, the way he hugged the owner and the way yeah. the owner hugged him back. Yeah, there was yeah. a connection there. He's just, he's a player that's not even been there very long. He wasn't there when when the when the owner when the the owner's dad passed away, you know. But there's a connection there. Yuri Tillemans, every single one of them, Madison. There's a field. There's there's not there's not a gap between the owner. Uh, in the manager there's not a gap between the manager and the players they are all as one they're a family and it's so evident in everything not just the FA Cup win but every game every week there is a connection there between them all a real special bond and that moment there just typified everything and that's what we're missing. We don't effectively have an owner because he doesn't care about the club. There is no connection. Steve Bruce said it in his press conference. When was the last time I spoke to, to Mike Ashley? Did he congratulate him on the win at Leicester? No. 
he hasn't even spoke to him. You know, it's stuff like that. There's no connection there to the to the owner in, in the manager whatsoever. Um, and then the, the, there's a clear distance between the players and the, in the manager because they're not playing for him. They're playing for themselves and they're playing for the shirt, the fans, the club. They're not playing for the manager right now. That's a given. Um, so I just wanted to kind of add my point on that. But Mockler, absolutely spot on. Made some really, really good points. Great to have you on, mate. Top man. Spot yeah, Mockler. Thanks. Hi, and Holly. Yeah, don't forget, Holly. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. Thanks for your support. Hope you can get back on again soon, mate. Take care. Cheers, guys. Look ourselves. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Good to have Mockler on. New face. And uh, big shout-out to everybody who uh, has put their head above the parapet on the uh, five-minute run this season. It's been great. We'll have another one next week uh, before we move off into uh, the summer content. Big shout-out to Spider VPN. Uh, who've been with us for the last four months uh, for all your internet security. Uh, just Google Spider VPN takes you straight to their website at the top of the search engine. And skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go. Waste collection. There's Sir Bobby as uh, christened on Friday night show. And uh, also a big shout out to qtechshop.co.uk, uh, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle, uh, who've been with us all the way through. And Jab Signature, uh, whose new range was getting a bit of an errand on uh, Twitter today. If you want to subscribe to the channel, then hit the Newcastle Legends badge in the bottom right hand corner. And that's it. You've subscribed. Hit the thumb up to like the uh, video today. That does help us. And click the share button and share it to uh, your social media. Hit the comments button to uh, join people in the chat. And uh, final call at night, Barry Hogan. How are you, Barry? Hiya, guys. You're all right. Hiya, Holly. Hiya. It, um, it's been a few weeks since I've been on. I've been stuck at work, as Steve probably remembers. Yeah, I went um, for my job and uh, there's a guy sitting there with a mask on. I'm going to recognise that face. And of course, <laughs> it was Barry on reception. Oh, so, uh, bless him. Good, good to see was... you, mate. Good, good to see you. I was gutted because I'd missed Supermark coming in as well, so I was absolutely gutted, but at least I got to see you. Ah, um, well, it was nice to, nice to meet you, nice to put a name to the face at last. And I see you've got your uh, your Kabai era shirt on there. <laughs> I thought I might get maximum on the back of it just to keep it going a bit. Ah, fair enough, mate, fair enough. Good stuff. What do you want to say tonight, Barry? Um, I've got a couple of points about Newcastle, but I mean, the first one for me is just... And this seems to sort of disappear in the background. It's about the, you know, the whole punishment scenario for the big six. You know, this whole yeah. thing, not just the big six in this country, but obviously the other countries that are involved, basically tried to rip up their country's football leagues financially wise for themselves, didn't give a stuff about anybody else and bugger off to a, a class to a European Super League. All this sort of the fans' furor came out. There was all hell on and everything else. There was all this. We can't do that. We're really, really sorry. They're going to get punished, blah, blah, blah. Where's where's the punishment gone? There's no punishment being handed out to any of these teams, including the six in England. So you've now got the European Cup final with two of these so-called big six playing in it. So you've got the, the two sides in there. You've got Chelsea playing in the FA Cup final yesterday, which, thank God, Leicester won, because I would have been absolutely sick if Chelsea had won it, because they don't deserve it. Me personally, guys, I want to know what you think. But for me, they should have been stripped of their places in the Champions League. They should have been kicked out the final if they'd get into that stage. So for me, the Champions League final should have been two teams who didn't plan to nick off from their own national leagues, which would have meant it falling down to PSG versus Porto. 
because anybody else in the Champions League sort of top semi-finals upwards were all greedy scumbags like the rest of them and trying to nick off to somewhere else. So it would have meant as well for our national game, the FA Cup final would have been Leicester v Southampton, not Chelsea. Chelsea don't deserve to be there. They don't deserve anything for their behaviour. I know, and I've heard you guys talk about it on the various programmes, Steve, about hurting the fans or hurting the club. The only way you can hurt the clubs is to take money off them. And for me, getting to the European Cup final, it then increases their sponsorship and everything else for next year because they're European Cup finalists. The two teams are in the European Cup final, neither of them deserve to be there. Their behaviour was disgusting. You know, they, they didn't give a monkeys about UEFA. They didn't care about the Champions League. All they cared about was the European Super League. So what's happening now? They're now talking about their punishment for next for this behaviour and this trying to rip everything up is taken off 0.6% of their annual income from next season's European competitions. That's what UEFA's talking about. I mean, what happens to the to the teams like Arsenal, who don't even necessarily qualify for Europe? Do they pay nothing? <laughs> so that is the only punishment okay. these scumbags are going to get for trying to destroy our national game. Nothing's going to happen to them in the Premier League, because as Steve and the guys have pretty much proven on Keith's show, where Keith was on the other night, that Marston, Masters and his sidekick are basically in the back pocket of the European Super League to get jobs once they're moved. How many others of these scumbags at Europe's top level, at UEFA's top level, were going to get the same sort of thing once this new league was up and running? I mean, this whole comment about, well, we can't have the European Cup final in England because you're not prepared to let our UEFA people's special VIP guests in without getting COVID checked. So we're going to move it to Portugal. I mean, how weird. You know, the, what, what sort of a corrupt business is it? It's just, I mean, don't get us wrong, guys. I'm over the moon for Newcastle. I think they've done really well. Um, I can't stand Steve Bruce. I can't give him credit for the way the guy, the players have played. The players have done it. I strongly believe the rumour that Bruce had the, the whole thing of team selection taken off him. That was going around that he wasn't choosing the team for the last three or four games of the season. That somebody higher up said, look, we've had enough here. If it's left to you, it's taken us down. And I think I agree with Steve totally. The likes of Dummett, the likes of Matt Ritchie have kept us up. Not the likes of Steve Bruce. I don't think his little two psychic coaches have done it. I think Callum Wilson kept us up probably whilst he was injured against Leicester. And it just... It's so infuriating because, like Holly said before, you've got two trains of thought coming. Next season, we've got the takeover or the non-takeover. So the takeover, Rafa comes in, we could get anybody. Rafa's scouting system is immense. Like, like Chris, I think, said the other day, Rafa's network of scouts could get us God knows who. You know, unknown players who turn out to be absolute superstars. Or what's the other scenario? We'll get rid of Bruce. Sean Dyke comes in, which is the rumour again this morning. We'll sign Andros Townsend. Jetrell Williams and Kyle Bartley on free transfers and sell maximum for 40 million quid. I, I know what I'm saying for during the end, the close season, guys. If it's not the takeover, I really don't want to be watching it next season. It's just Sean Dyke or Steve Bruce. Go mm. on, the people. What do you people, what do you make of what Barry's had to say in the mint? Um, again, some really, really, really good points, Barry. Absolutely spot on. Um, first and foremost, you are absolutely right about the the punishments for the in the sanctions for the the, the supposed big six. Um, 
giving them fines isn't going to solve anything. Giving them a, a fine is basically just giving them a slap on the wrist. It's nothing. They'll pay it without even a second thought because whatever they pay in fines, they'll probably get back next month in terms of their revenues with regards to shirt sales and sponsorships and, you know, whether it's Premier League or Champions League, whatever money it is, they'll get that money back easily. So it's nothing, right? Where you need to hurt them is not through the money, is through the power. And the power is the top European competitions. And and by taking them out of the Europa League, taking them out of the Champions League, taking them out of Europe it, it completely, whether it's a one or two seasons, is going to hurt them because that's where they get the exposure. That's where they get the sponsors. That's where they get the, the additional finances for playing in those competitions. That's where they attract the best players. That's where you're going to hurt them. But ultimately, by doing that, you're then hurting them in their pocket because they don't get that financial benefit of being in the Champions League. So that's where you have to hurt them. You could get a points deduction here or there. Fair enough. You know, a 3.6 points here isn't going to make the world a difference to to those teams that are used to winning every week. Um, it, it just won't make that much of a difference. Um, so, you know, it, it, you're, you're, you're exactly right in what you said. But I think, you know, taking them out of the competition whether it's a one or two seasons is the way to go. Um, do you think it's going to happen though, Pete? Do you uh, no, I think they're going to do it? No, I don't. I, I think they, they tried to be, UEFA and the Premier League tried to be uh, big bully boys in terms of bossing them around uh, and they managed to get the reaction that, that they wanted, uh, although that was probably more Carragher and Neville in their stance on Sky Sports that probably got the, the traction and the reaction that, that was necessary for that. Um, and, you know, what, what they've done now is they've managed to get them around the table to a point where the European Super League is, is not is no longer viable or not no longer going ahead, and now they're panicking again because what should have come very quickly after that were hard sanctions straight the way, um, and and it never happened. And the longer this goes on, the lighter the sanctions are likely to be. Um, that's just my opinion. But you made some great points on Steve Bruce. Uh, absolutely right. I talked about how, you know, he got the manager of the month and, and he deserves it to, to a point. He deserves it because his title is the head coach or the manager, whichever one you want to, to, to name him. That's why he deserved it because he, he holds the title in good and bad. So he deserves it from that point of view. But as I'd already talked about with the previous caller, Motler, um, the players weren't, uh, the players weren't and are not playing for the manager. They are playing for themselves, the clubs and the club and the fans. That's who they're playing for. Now I'm not praising Steve Bruce for bringing Matt Ritchie back into the team and Sean Longstaff into the team. Those guys should have been playing anyway so I'm not praising him for something that he should have been doing in the first place I'm not praising him for something that the fans we on match day live were calling for back in December to play these guys to give them minutes they need to get back in the team you know we I'm not praising him for that okay he's made the decision fair enough but he's made it because his job and his reputation and the club's reputation and its club's history was on the line so he had to and it wouldn't even surprise me if he, if he was forced to make those decisions to get those players back in the team and 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 the fallout with Richie was probably a big reason behind that um so that's just that's just that's just my point on Steve Bruce as well I can't, I can't remember your last point that you made Barry sorry um I was just about obviously the 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 two avenues, takeover non takeover wise. 
obviously the real concern that it like everybody else he's sitting there with your fingers crossed thinking that the takeover is going to go through i still believe it will but like you guys said before i think you're hitting on the head pete with it it's the time scale if it doesn't happen before july i totally agree that it's too late to do anything about it yeah it's it's not enough time to bring anybody in to sort of improve the team ready for the season if there's any, if there's anyone that could get this team up and running at a short notice, it is Rafa Benitez. And you talked about the scouting network. I talked about that of Rafa Benitez on Friday night on the Match Day Live. His scouting network is the best in Europe, better than any other manager, including Jose and Pep. Um, and it has been for a long, long time. He knows players, whether expensive or cheap, to get in and really, really make a difference to this team immediately. If there's any manager that I'd want to come in at short notice on a takeover, it's Rafa Benitez. Um, so I'm not overly worried about that to a point, but I'd want him. More, I want him to have more time with the team, so we're rearing and running, steam steamrolling teams ready to go at the beginning of the season. That's why I'd want it done as soon as possible. But again, Barry, fantastic points. Well done. Good stuff, Holly. What's your take on uh, Barry's points tonight? Yeah, he's spot on, really. Um, in terms of the top six, like getting the punishments and stuff, I think we all kind of predicted that not much would really happen. The Premier League would kind of just let them to get away with it. Um, little fines isn't really going to do anything. The wealth of these teams is so great that whatever the fines are, it's not really going to matter to them. They'll make that money back so quick, like Pete said, from whatever TV money, um, they'll make it back plus a bit more, so it doesn't really make a difference. I think they do need to be banned from the leagues or transfer ban. I wouldn't just ban them for one year either. I'd ban them for probably a minimum of five years, and I know that sounds really harsh, but <laughs> five years, it would learn them a lesson because I don't think that they realise how serious the thing that they've done actually is. If this was to go ahead, people need to remember that this would have ruined the national game forever, like, and that's a lot longer than five years. So five years is nothing really compared to the price we would have had to pay if this had went through. And then also, if they got sick after that five years and they wanted to sell the clubs, it would make the clubs harder to sell because big owners wouldn't want to come into a club that's got transfer bans and banned from the European League. So the, the owners need to be the ones that suffer. I know that it's going to be hard for the fans and stuff and maybe they don't deserve it, but... I'm sorry, you're just going to have to ignore that and punish these clubs because they really the actions have been appalling. But no surprise there, the Premier League let them get away with murder um, and they probably will still continue to show bias towards them. I don't know why, because the those six clubs have really smacked the Premier League in the face, but the Premier League seem to still want to be pally with them, so that's up to them. I just think they're really stupid, to be honest, from top to bottom. Um, also, your points regarding Steve Bruce. Yeah, I do agree. I said I was happy to give him a bit of praise, but... I do think the main part of the praise is down to the players and also I don't believe that they are playing for Steve Bruce. I think they're doing it more for the fans and the club and themselves because none of those players would want to be relegated, of course, because that would be bad for their CV. Um, and it's not really going to do anyone any favours if Newcastle got relegated, is it? To be honest, it's not going to be good for the club, the fans, the players, Bruce, anyone. So fair enough. Um, they realised Bruce wasn't going to go anywhere and they've changed their how they were playing and sorted it out. And yeah, they deserve um, praise for that. Also, your final point on the two avenues at the end of the season. This is my biggest worry. Honestly, I'm trying not to think about it too much because it literally just gets you down to think about it. But I can see um, the takeover dragging on into the new season, if I'm being honest. And I hope I'm wrong with that. I hope and pray that I'm wrong about that. But if it does, um, it, again, we're putting our future at risk. 
because I think we'll be in a relegation battle yet again. I don't think we'll get the back and we will be on free transfers. I'd probably stick with Steve Bruce as the manager because we wouldn't get anyone better. Um, better the devil, you know, sort of thing. And we, you know, like I know you mentioned Sean Dyche, but I don't think he'd want to leave um, Burnley to come to Newcastle because it's not much of a better job at the moment, is it really? You might get a bit more money, but probably not. Um, and so, yeah, we just need to try and hope and pray this takeover goes through. Otherwise, we're in a massive mess next season. But I'm trying not to think about it because it'll just get us stressed. After watching the, the games, the, the Fulham games towards the end of the season, I'd rather take Parker. Mm, I'd rather give point. Scott Parker a chance. He's got the links to the club. He's He had such a fight and such a passion about him. I would, I would, if we were stuck with Ashley, I'd rather take Parker. Never been a fan of Parker since he stuck the fingers up in no. the fans, like, but that's just my choice. That's yeah, my, that's my view. Only Clark, yeah, just one of those, you know, he's just he's smarmy for me. I, I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't have him. And he's not, he's not tried and tested, and he's just had a club relegated. Uh, that's my view, Barry. That's my view, but I understand, I understand what you're saying. And if you had, if you had a bit of a budget, but. The last thing you need is a rookie manager coming into a club like Newcastle with Mike Ashley as the owner. That's that's my honest opinion. I think you'd end up with you'd end up with a major issue, you know. But you know, who knows? You know, you, the most unexpected managers are a success. Southampton's Southampton's a you know proof of that in recent years. They've they've, they've you know they've employed managers completely you know from from off the, off the map, people you've never heard of. They've come in and bang. You know, look at you know, you know, look at the current manager they've got. Nobody really would have had him down as a first choice. You know, people tend to go yeah. through the same names, the same list. So you never know. Scott Parker could be a success at Newcastle, but um, he wouldn't be for me. Chris, finish off with you, mate. Before we uh, crack on, we've gone into extra time, and I know you've got another show to do tonight. But uh, some great points made by Barry. What's what's your view on that? Yeah, Barry, as always, mate, really good points. And I think I think Pete and Holly have, have summed it up really well. But in terms of the big six punishments, um, I, I feel quite strongly about that because I think I think they should get a fine in terms of the ownership. But I do take your point in that, you know, they, they probably wouldn't feel it as much. But I do think it should be there. You know, I think if you... I've, I said this a while back. If if you give them all, say, a hundred million pound fine, um, and then it got fed into the lower leagues, that would be my preference. But and in you know to add into that as well, it is all about power, and you know there should be there should be like a transfer ban, as Holly said, um, or just some kind of restriction. I mean, the, the thing for me is I wouldn't like to see them punished by way of removing them from cup competitions and stuff like that, because for me, you're then punishing the players and the fans. And as we all saw, the players, the fans, the managers had no involvement in this whatsoever. And that's why I think it would feel a bit uncomfortable for me because, you know, you'd then be punishing them when really, you know, they, they, they had no say in this whatsoever. Different if it had gone out and all the fans had voted for it, you'd go, OK, yeah, you, you know. You, you take it now because that's what you want. That's the route you wanted to go down. But I think because everybody was kept in the dark, and we are talking—I mean, give or take a couple—you are talking about six people, six individuals, rather than a total club. So therefore, I'd rather hit the the individual owners themselves in the pocket, and then you know further down the leagues benefit from that. And then also in terms of you know punishing punishing the owners by way of restricting their their capability to be able to buy players and things obviously there is a small knock-on effect for fans in that sense but you do need to give out and dish out some kind of punishment uh in terms of bruce now again i take your point and i know we've all said this um 
and so I won't go on about it too much. But yeah, I, for me, I've got to give him some credit because do I think Ashley's intervened and said, right, you take one, you know, you step to one side? Absolutely not. I don't think Ashley's interested whatsoever. So the only person who stepped to one side and took on board other people's opinions and other people's views is Steve Bruce. Um, he should he should have been doing it from the start. Totally agree with Pete's point, but the fact that he's acknowledged that changes need to be made and that he's you know took on board other people's comments and other people's views and those changes have been made, I think that's where you've got to you've got to give him some bit of credit because he could have just stuck his feet in and gone, "No, nah, I'm not moving. This is the formation I want to play. These are the players I want to play." like it or lump it sack me but he didn't he he accepted that maybe he was wrong and like i say like i said before i just hope that he's learned from it and i hope that going into the new season where i expect him to still be at the helm i just hope that you know he he does take that on board and he just learn from it whether he will or not i don't know and just to very briefly touch on the discussions we had around rafa yeah rafa rafa's one of those people is he's very methodical and rafa knowing him uh he's probably already planning for certain jobs, I'm sure we're one of them, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was planning to go into Serie A or La Liga, whether he knows that there's opportunities to go into there. He's probably still looking at players. I heard something the other day about him still messaging some of the Newcastle players, which again, doesn't surprise me. Um, You know, he, as Pete said, he is the kind of person where if you had to bring someone in last minute, it would be Rafa Benitez because he's so planned. He's already been in the hot seat. He knows how it works. He gets the fans. He gets the club. He he would be he would be fantastic to bring in. Uh, so I you know I I would be really excited if we brought Rafa Benitez in. If something came out tomorrow and they said no takeover, for me and it might be it might not be everyone's cup of tea. But I'd like to see someone maybe like Frank Lampard coming. I think he was very unlucky at Chelsea. I think he he got a real tough tough end of the stick with Chelsea there. I think they needed to stick with him. But on the other hand, Tuchel's come in and he's done a great job. So may, maybe Abramovich has made the right decision there. But yeah, I think Frank Lampard's got plenty more to give. And I think he'll have learned from the experience. And I, I take Steve put Steve's point in the fact that he is inexperienced. But somebody like Frank Lampard, the players in there would have ultimate respect for him because of what he's done in the game and the midfielder that he was. Um, so I, 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 I'd I like to have a punt at Frank Lampard if the takeover doesn't go through and we're stuck with Mike Ashley. But whilst the takeover's in limbo, whilst we're all waiting, no right ma- no manager in the right minds would take this job. So I think we're best just sticking with Bruce and whether it's takeover or non-takeover. If it's takeover, I want Rafa. If it's non-takeover, I'd probably go Lampard and just, just go for somebody who's... You know, albeit he's only been at two clubs in Derby and Chelsea, but I think he's got a lot of potential. I think the players that stand up and listen to him, I think he'd bring new ideas. I think he's ambitious and I think he's genuinely an all right bloke. Uh, I'm not all that keen on Parker. I think he is a bit smug. Um, And from what I heard when he was captain at the club, he couldn't wait to get out. So I'm not even sure whether he'd take the job, to be honest. Great points by everybody uh, who uh, called in and great points by the, the panel as well. Barry, you're going to get the... <laughs> Definitely the call oh. tonight, mate. You kept us going into extra time, mate. We've gone 15 minutes over time. So uh, thanks thanks for that, mate. But uh, great show tonight. And uh, you made some great points, Barry. And keep up uh, the good work of the night and deal as well, mate. Thanks, guys. Fab show as always. Take care, mate, tonight. And a uh, big thank you to you, Holly, Pete, and Chris. Uh, 
myself unloaded tonight uh, with Chris. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow night with Holly for Ladies Night. Uh, have a good night, guys. Take care. Take care, guys. See you, guys. Only way you're ever gonna learn your love